a ranger's view. May. May well deserves its folklore title, the month of flowers, because everywhere you look, in the hedgerows, on the roadside verges, in the woodlands, on the wetlands and in our meadows, there are flowers wherever you look. And also with that, there are plenty and plenty of uh, birds and plenty of animals and they're all trying to figure out how to feed their young. And at the same time, they're hoping that they're not predated on. Farming the Downs. So what are the farmers doing this month? Well, with all this uh, warmth and the, the longer days, the grass and all the crops are starting to grow. And suddenly that grass is uh, very attractive to all the livestock. So the farmers are putting out their sheep and their cattle and uh, they're out on all the fields at this moment. They're also very busy and they're still ploughing the fields and harrowing them and also rolling them to make them a bit firmer in places. And if they're really lucky and we get a nice big spurt of uh, warm weather, the grass comes so big and lush that they'll do their first cut of silage, which can be used later on in the year. So from a conservationist point of view, um, we'd like to see those farmers not overstock those fields because we want uh, to see that the, uh, the round-nesting birds are safe from those trampling hooves. And also we would... Um, like to see perhaps those farmers not ploughing so close to the field edges because if they can leave the margins then they'll leave more flowers and hopefully in amongst those flowers there could be some of our rarer arable flowers but also just having that extra source of nectar will attract lots of different insects and those insects uh, will attract hoverflies and then the hoverflies will help the farmer later on by going out into the fields and to the crops and feeding on the aphids. So it does actually pay the farmer to leave wider margins and let these flowers come up. It's also a source of um, food for the animals and the birds and also places for them to, to, to nest. Up on high. Now up on the downs, especially on the chalk grassland areas, the cowslips will be out beautiful yellow flowers and in amongst them you may find the purple flowered hairy violets which get their name because they have very hairy leaves heart-shaped leaves though and the glaucus sedge and the glaucus refers to the leaves being silvery grey but another flower that you will probably see growing in amongst the cowslips but you could find them growing in the woods as well are the early purple orchids the early purple orchid is a reddy purple flower and it has green leaves but it has these spotty blotches on them. And there's a lovely legend uh, associated with it in that uh, in the past, at the time of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, um, so last month really, that uh, the, uh, the leaves as they were just coming up, they were below the cross of Jesus Christ and the blood that dripped from him came down and dropped onto these leaves and has stained them ever since. And it's a message to us to remember that Jesus died on behalf of saving all of mankind. So it's a message that you can hold when you look at this plant. It's a nice association so you can remember that this plant has 
blotchy spotted leaves that looked like blood stains. Also, this plant was very sought after in the past in that if you dig up the roots, which I'm not recommending because it's against the law nowadays, but if you dug them up, they used to collect the tubers or the bulbs of this plant. And if anybody's into doing keep fit and needing some energy booster, not drugs, but uh, and they were into leucosade or something like that, well, this plant produced this lovely juice within it, and it was known as salop. And it was reputed to give you the strength of ten men, just one bulb. So people used to dig it up and give themselves plenty of strength to work out on the, on the farms. Exploring the woodland. So if you're out there exploring the woods, it's going to be a mass of flowers and there's going to be a, a, a lots and lots of sound going on because the birds are probably more active now than they will be for the rest of the year. And they'll be denoting their territories, they'll be still nest building, they will be mating and they will be bringing up their young. Now the animals will be doing very much the same, they'll be um, looking after their they're young as well, and the foxes, you may be lucky to see fox cubs, in fact, um, playing with one another, but in between it has to be a bit serious because they're having to learn pretty early on from their mothers how to learn to catch their own prey and their food so they can look after themselves later on in the year. So it's not all fun and games. However, if you're in some of the nicer, older woodlands, one of the plants that will stand out above all other plants this month has to be the bluebell. And the bluebell is, uh, will take up um, large areas if it's given the chance. And uh, it's just taking advantage, really, of this early period in the year when the, the leaves on the, on the trees are not so full. The leaves are just coming out. And a lot of spring plants, whether they are bulbed like the bluebell or they're rooted, they have to take a great advantage of all this extra light that they're getting into, into the woodland and it gives them the chance to spread. Now, the bluebell is an interesting plant in that it's very common um, throughout the British Isles, but uh, very rare elsewhere in Europe or the world. And it's interesting because in literature, the first time it was ever mentioned, it was known as crow's toes, and this was back in 1548. However, through archaeological evidence, we know that it's existed a lot longer than this, and by digging up ancient sites, Bronze Age burial mounds, so we're talking 4,000 years ago, um, they've found, by finding the remains of arrowheads and, and um, actual remains of uh, shafts of arrow, they found that bluebell juice was used as a glue, and they would stick the quivers, or the feather part of the arrow, onto the shaft, or the wooden part of the arrows. So we know that it was used as glue back in that period. We also know in more recent times that it was used as a form of starch and uh, it was used to um, stiffen your collars and, and your sleeves during the Tudor period. However, the one thing I will say about it is that the plant is actually poisonous, the juice, and it's not recommended that you eat it. It uh, also is very much a protected species because it is such a beautiful flower and uh, you shouldn't be out there digging it or really picking them so remember that out on the heathlands
So if you're out on our heaths this month, um, perhaps there won't be quite so much colour as there is everywhere else because the heather still hasn't come out. But um, there'll still be uh, the gorse in flower and there'll be a few other things. But uh, I suppose the most noticeable thing is the activity of the birds, things like the, uh, the Dartford warbler, if you're lucky to see them, the stone chat, it's very prominent on our heaths, and the woodlark, all denoting their territories and all out there looking for food sources for their young. One thing that they have to be careful of, though, of course, is that the newcomer to the, from the continent, and well, and from Africa, is the hobby falcon. And that will be coming along and be looking out for young birds to feed on. It's certainly an impressive bird to look out for. And it has, what I always say, if you look at the, the base of it, you'll see it looks like it has orange-red trousers. That's about the best way I can describe him. Um, otherwise, he's sort of grey, white and barred. And it's a very impressive bird, very fast. And so the birds are always having to fight, make sure that there's plenty of places that they can hide in. Now, the other thing that's uh, worth looking out for is the, uh, is the variety of uh, reptiles. You'll see lots of common lizard, and you might see grass snake and slow worm. But I suppose the most obvious thing that will take advantage of the warm, longer days is the adder. And the adder, of course, is our only poisonous snake. And uh, they're quite easily distinguished um, from all the others. Um, in case, well, unless you get to the odd um, strange variety, which I'll mention in a second. But uh, generally speaking, the male is smaller than the female, and they, both of them, they have a zigzag pattern all the way down their back. But they also have a V shape at the back of their head, and the male is always has black zigzags, and the female has brown zigzags. Now that strange sort of variation is that the adders can quite often be melanistic, and this means that you can get black adders. And so although they do have the zigzag and the V shape on them, from a distance, it's actually quite difficult to see that distinctive marking. Um, but the interesting thing is that uh, none of the other snakes tend to ever be black. So if you see a snake that has a zigzag down its back, a V behind its head, or it's black, it's likely to be an adder. Now, not everybody out there is actually keen to meet an adder. Um, some people are quite scared of the idea, and uh, there seems to be a phobia amongst most of us if a snake went anywhere near us. Now, again, it's a bit like the honeybee. If you give them plenty of wide berth and you don't make lots of noise, then they won't attack you. It's only when they feel threatened that they'll attack. Now, let's say that uh, you were out there and uh, you unfortunately did get a bit close like that and uh, you were bitten. Well, then you, you may, you would, well, you would have to go to hospital, but hopefully within 24 hours after they've given you the serum, yeah, you'd be right as rain again. But it does hurt because I've known people that have been bitten by them. Um, but, I mean, the only, the sad side of it is that um, um, there are cases where people that were very old or sick or very young and they end in fatalities, but, uh, um, they are pretty rare and scarce. Um, so generally, if you're fairly well, and you get bitten by an adder, just go to the hospital and it will all be sorted out. But the main thing is don't panic. Down on the farm. So out in our meadows, probably the most 
significant plant that you'll see, especially on the meadow edges and along our roadside verges and under the hedges, uh, will be the cow parsley. This is a beautiful, delicate white flower on a very long stemmed plant and will really stand out in the landscape as you're driving down the country lanes and looking into the fields. It also has the name of Queen Anne's Lace and it gets this name because Queen Anne, who was from 1707 to 1714, was not a very well lady and she quite often liked going for country walks and she would walk along the country lanes on the outskirts of London uh, especially during the spring because it was, she was told it was good for her health and she was always wearing white lace and so this association of the Queen walking through the country lanes is, uh, has been associated with this particular plant at that time of the year. Another thing about it is that uh, the seeds are actually edible but one word of caution is that unless you really know the difference between some of these plants that look very similar at this time of the year you could end up back in hospital and you could uh, be in real serious trouble because there's a plant that looks very similar and it's known as hemlock which actually has purple spots on its leaves and the cow parsley doesn't but I would rather that you were more cautious than you didn't uh, take any of this plant or rub the juice on yourself because you could come up in a rash and hemlock was actually used to kill Socrates in the past so and it was a very effective way of killing someone so just enjoy uh, um, looking at the plant rather than eating them. Now um, it's also a great nectar source for uh, lots of insects out there and one of the interesting insects that stands out at the moment um, has to be the St Mark's fly and th this actually started emerging this last month back on the 25th of April but it'll carry on throughout May. It's a big black fly and it loves um, flying around all the meadows and so on and it will be attracted to the cow parsley but it's also a great source for all those birds looking for uh, food to feed their young. Another insect that's actually worth uh, keeping an eye out for and I don't think you'll be able to avoid it has to be the honeybee and at this time of the year the queen bee will be uh, talking to the rest of her colony and the colony is made up mainly of lots of female worker bees very few uh, male bees in a colony and what will be happening is she will be deciding that well this is time we need to go out and find ourselves a new site for a hive and what they seem to do is they swarm together and sometimes you can have the most amazing sights of hundreds and hundreds of bees flying all together to go and find a site for a new home and it's quite a big sound as well so uh, it can be quite a quite an amazing thing if you've never seen one before. Now the bee is very very interesting in that uh, it's well, it got this uh, name the messenger of the gods because they seem to have this amazing ability of um, being able to find nectar and get quite easily back to the hive but when you start to think about that you think well that's quite a clever piece of technology to learn how to do that and uh, what they've done they've adapted over the many years and or centuries or a millennia perhaps um, and what they've done is they, they, they've learnt to do dance patterns so when they're in flight they do all sorts of strange sort of flight patterns and they also do strange gestures and this can denote all sorts of things and one of the messages is I've just found some really good source of nectar 
um, tell all the rest of the colony to come out here, collect it, and we'll bring it back to the hive. So that's quite a useful message. Um, but another thing is, they are very, very um, able to detect ultraviolet light. And they're so clever in that they can sense exactly where the ultraviolet light comes from, and they know where to sense where the sun is at any time of the year, and where even during cloudy, rainy days. So this allows them to do quite an amazing trick in that they'll always know where the sun is when they get up during the daytime. They will remember and they can locate the hive and then they can go out in a completely different opposite direction going looking for nectar but they can always then work out the source of where the sun is and where the hive is from there which is a very clever trick. I mean we would need a map or a compass to do this but they can do this quite naturally. So. Uh, Hold that in mind when you see the honeybee, not just to think, oh, they produce lovely honey, but to remember that uh, they're very clever insects. If you're a little bit worried about um, bees, the honeybee uh, tends not to uh, sting, um, and neither does the bumblebee or lots of other bees, but they, they will only sting if they feel that they've been cornered or if that you're going to attack, or uh, wait, maybe sometimes unwittingly, the queen bee. Um, so avoid making lots of noises or threatening uh, bees. One of the things they really hate is gardeners going out with uh, hedge trimmers and things like that. That's a possibility they might start to swarm around you that way. But uh, So if you're quiet and you give them space, they will respect you and you can get on quite happily with them. In the valleys In our wetter areas, you'll be hearing, you might not see, but you'll certainly be hearing lots of sedge warblers on the pond edges, going through the sedges and the, and the reeds. And you may be more lucky to see the male reed bunting um, standing prominently on the top of a reed, making his calls and denoting his territory. But then underneath, down in the vegetation, you might see the, the moorhen and as you're sort of looking into the vegetation, you might start to see towards the middle of this month some yellow flowers appearing. And this could be the uh, yellow iris and has a distinctive flower in that there are three petals to it. And this flower was used by King Louis of France, King Louis VII, I should say, and he used this as his emblem and he used this as a banner as he, he rode into war in the Crusades during the 11th century against the Saracens. Now this emblem has been used ever since in France and by lots of royal families across Europe and is known as the Fleur de Lis, or, or its literal translation is the Flower of Louis. Now another thing to be looking out for this month is quite a fascinating um, thing to happen is the, is the mayfly. So the mayfly, although it lives for a year, for one day of its life it emerges from its little chrysalis on the water's edge and it takes to flight. It meets up with other mayflies and they have all these courtship dancing going on. They mate and then after the female has laid her eggs, they basically all die. So it's a very sort of amazing uh, story and it, it happens every year on our, our wetter areas. and. It's also a food source for lots of birds and animals, especially aquatic beetles and things like that, because they usually end up dead lying on the top of the water. 
The mayflies uh, have long, long wings and they're, they're green in colour with long legs. So uh, yeah, you should be able to see them quite easily. They're very distinctive, but it's just a very short period of time that you'll find them out. So good luck. So next month is going to be June and the days are going to be the, at their longest and because of that we're going to have a wide variety of flowers out there and lots of birds and things that will all be at their best really to be observed. Now I suppose the two main families that you really should be looking out for from plants would have to be the wild roses because there's such a lovely variety and this is the month when you're going to be able to see them at their best and the other has to be the creme de la creme of all flowers and it has to be the orchid family so there's a, such a wide variety of orchids to be seen out there this month so get out there and enjoy a ranger's view is an audemus production for the south downs joint committee <laughs>